Good morning, Kavanaugh. How'd y'all do on the trivia? <laughs> Do you know any of it? <laughs> Let's redirect our attention this morning. Let's sing praises to the Lord. God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire Lord, I'm longing for your ways I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire Till I am a soul on fire Woo! Thank you so much, worship team, for bringing it today. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good. You all doing okay today? It's Thanksgiving week. I don't know if you realize this or not. This year is flying by already. Thanksgiving is here. I mean, but I, I'm looking forward to this week so much. All the mac and cheese I'm going to have on Thursday. It's my favorite thing. And angel food cake. Those two things. And then everything else comes, follows after. But man, it is, it's a good time of year. Brother Will looking good with his matching orange tie and orange socks today with this little thing sticking out of his pocket. Give it up for Brother Will's attire this morning. He's looking fresh. Looking fresh. But man, more importantly, it is so good to have you here. We're thankful that you're here in this place today celebrating and worshiping our Lord and Savior together. We have a lot to be thankful for as the body of Christ for what Jesus did for us on the cross and who, what, who we have in him right now, because he is alive right now, on a throne right now, loving us right now, and with us in this room right now. So I, I'm just overjoyed knowing that, and uh, I lift him up today and praise him in that way, and I hope that you continue to do as well in our services. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, we're, again, very thankful that you're here too. Um, we would love to get to know you and your family. There's a uh, Connect card in the chair back in front of you. Fill that out, and then right after services, you can take it out these back doors 
members, and uh, we have a little gift for you, uh, a little cup, Chick-fil-A gift card, that kind of thing, just to show our appreciation that you're here with us today, and we, again, want to get to know your family and show where you guys could plug in in our church. But man, God is awesome, and I know He's got something special for us today. I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to ask His anointing on our services this morning. Let's do it. Love you guys. Let's pray. God, um, thank you so much for bringing us back together in this place. Um, I know that you do have something special for us, and, um, and I just pray that as Brother Will preaches that message today, God, that you um, leave it an impression that is just everlasting and that you help us change for the better, God. We want to be your people, and we want to extend that love and help us to be reminded of, of what we have in you, God. So, Lord, um, as this week continues on, help us to uh, adjust our focuses to where it's needed on what we need to be thankful for um, and with, in you, with our family, and with our friends. Uh, you've provided so much for us, God, and we owe you uh, so much. So, Lord, receive all of our praise and honor um, today that comes from us and the rest of our services. We love you in your name. Amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started in a couple moments. enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise this morning. Lord, beside him there's no other. 
Because we know, God, that you are a God that is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond and that you are for us and that you are working all things to our good, God. And I'm so thankful today that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross so that we can live freely and abundantly with inside your will. And I pray, God, today that you would be with the activities going on in this church. I pray for Brother Will. I pray for a special blessing upon everyone that's represented here today and their families. And I pray, God, that there is someone here that if they need you, they need your power, they need a miracle in their life, that they can call on you and say, Jesus, thank you. I need you. I want you in my life. And it's in these things I pray in your sweet name, Jesus. Amen. I believe in miracle power. How about you? Amen. Amen. Give the praise team another big hand. Boy, appreciate them. They do a great job. Well, this week our entire nation is going to celebrate Thanksgiving. It's going to be an awesome day. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot, of, whole lot of food going on at my place, I can tell you that. But here's the irony of Thanksgiving. Very little thanks to God 
is actually going to be done. We are so busy preparing and cooking and entertaining and watching football and eating that really about the only thanks that gets done on Thanksgiving is in a single prayer right before the big meal, and it's only done by one person. Honestly, we miss the whole point of the holiday, which is to give thanks to God for what he has done in our lives. So today I want to share with you how we can make this Thanksgiving just a little bit different. And it all starts with the realization that everything I own, everything that I am comes from God. Everything. First Chronicles chapter 29, interesting passage of scripture. David is preparing for the building of the temple. He had in his heart this desire to build God a house. But God wouldn't let David do it because he was a man of war. But God said, I will allow your son Solomon to build me this temple. And so David's kind of getting everything ready for his son. In fact, he tells us in this passage, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced. So I'm going to start the giving today. I want everything in place so that when he takes power, he's going to be able to build this great temple to the Lord. And then David does. He opens up his heart and his pocketbook, and David gives this huge offering from his own personal bank account for the building of the temple. The Bible says the leadership of Israel were so impressed with what the king did that they willingly gave also. And then the people, seeing what their king did and what the leadership did, they also gave for the building of the temple. And then right in the middle of this passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, David gives God a prayer of praise. And in verse 16, David said, everything has come from you, God, and everything belongs to you. Now, what great theology from the Old Testament. David is in the middle of this this huge gift that he's giving to the Lord for the building of the temple. But David has enough common sense to say, Lord, everything I have really came from you to begin with, and it really belongs to you. It was yours before I got here, and it's going to be yours after I'm gone. You've just loaned it to me. So everything I have given today, Lord, is from you. It's come from you, and it belongs to you. You know what that tells me? It all starts with God. When we start saying, what can we be thankful for, we we need to begin with God. We need to tell God, thank you for everything we have. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into your memory. Any of y'all, I don't know how many were alive in 1965, but do you remember the movie that came out in 1965, The Sound of Music? Anybody remember that? It was Nathan's favorite mu- uh, movie that's ever been produced, I think. I, you know, I was just a little bitty kid, but I, I remember, remember it. Julie Andrews was a star. Uh, she was only 20 years old. They were looking for someone who was beautiful and who could sing great. She had very little experience, but she was chosen for the part. And she sang all through this this movie. Yeah? Are you with me? One of my all-time favorite songs is actually in that movie. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Y'all know that song? Oh, don't clap yet because I'm about to sing a verse of it. I love the verse, when the dog bites, when the bees sting, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. And you know, you, you, just, you just can't whisper those words. You, you got to sing it like Julie does. With enthusiasm. Isn't that great, though? And and it's true. When when I start feeling sad or I start feeling bad, all I have to do is remember my favorite things, and then I really don't feel that bad. So right now, the sermon stops and my testimony begins. Because what I'm going to do this morning is simply share with you my favorite things. Three of my favorite things. The top three favorite things that I have to be thankful for. Number one, I am thankful to God 
for the cross. I am thankful to my God that his son Jesus came to planet earth and that Jesus willingly climbed on Calvary's cross and he shed his blood for the remission of my sin. I'm thankful for the cross because it changes everything. The cross, his blood has set me free. It's given me a life to live on planet earth, but it's also given me eternity. I am thankful today for the cross of Jesus Christ. I am thankful for God's grace, his mercy, and his love that was demonstrated on the cross. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 reminds us, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So what is grace? Well, grace is everything God does for you, even though you do not deserve it. Grace is God giving you what you need, not what you deserve. The Bible says that everything you have comes by the grace of God. Everything God does in you and through you and for you and to you and by you is by his grace. And let me remind you, you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, you don't work for it, it's a gift. His grace, the cross, is a gift to you. I was reading this past week in Psalm 103, and I noticed in verses two through 11, there is this laundry list of just some things that God does in our life by his grace that we can be thankful for. Here's what it says. I will not forget the glorious things that God has done for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with love. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender to those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not put, punished us as we deserve for our sins. Wow. Ten things that we have that we can give thanks for, and it's all by the grace of God. So my testimony begins with, I am thankful to God for his cross. The life that he's given me, I'm thankful for his grace that is new every morning. I'm thankful for his mercy, his long-suffering, his tender and compassionate care. I'm thankful for his love. Number two, I am thankful to God for the calling that he has not only placed on my life, but on your life as well. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everybody look at me. Let me tell you something about your life. Your life is not an accident. God planned for you a long time ago. There is a reason that you are here today. There's a reason that God made you just the way you are. God has a perfect plan and purpose for your life. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. And if you're alive and you're breathing and your heart and pulse are beating, that means God has you here for a reason. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And can I tell you this? God's plan for your life is good. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and I will give you a good future. Now, is that something you can thank God for? You better believe it. God's plan is so good and so great that he can even take our mistakes and our faults and our failures and the mean, bad things that other people have done to hurt us, and he can weave them all together and bring good out of those things. Isn't that amazing? You need to hear this too. God's plan for your life is not all happiness. It's not all comfortable. God's plan for your life is going to include a little bit of pain. And God's plan includes some disappointments. And God's plan for your life certainly involves some discipline. If you were never disciplined, you wouldn't have any character about you. 
Yet he does all of it for your good. It's for your future. So here's what I know this morning. God has given me grace, and I'm thankful for his grace. God has a plan for my life, a plan that the more I discover it and the more I'm in the center of it and the more my life unfolds and my true potential comes out, I can understand why God made me, why he put me on earth at this particular time and what purpose God has for me. He says, I have good plans for you and I am grateful for the plan God not only has for my life, but for your life as well. And can I tell you a secret? For me, true happiness, true contentment, true fulfillment comes when I am right smack dab in the middle of God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for my life. When I am doing what God made me to do, then I am complete. I am fulfilled. That's what true joy is. And so today, I can thank God for the plan and the call that he has for my life and for your life. And if you are not quite sure what God's plan for your life is, you know what? You can figure it out. He's given you the Holy Spirit. And through prayer and and time alone with him, he can show you what he made you for. Number three, I am thankful to God for citizenship that I have in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, we know that our body will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a house for us. It will not be a house made by human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that is going to last forever. So let me tell you, you were made for eternity. One day your body is going to die, but can I tell you something? That's not going to be the end of you. The Bible says you were created in God's image, and that means you have a soul. And you're going to spend eternity, the Bible says, in one of two places, either heaven or hell, depending on whether you have received Christ and trusted his grace or not. And can I tell you something? Heaven and hell are both real places. They're not some figment of somebody's imagination. They're not some symbolism. They are real places. And you are going to spend eternity, which is forever and ever, either in heaven or hell. But you know what? As Christians, we don't have to be afraid of the future. Christians of all people are the most confident about death because we know where we are going. And can I say this? You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. So, are you ready to die? (laughs) I mean, are you ready to meet your maker? Guys, let me tell you, it is so true. You're not ready to really live until you're ready to die. Only a fool would go through life totally unprepared for something that you know is going to happen. It's inevitable. You know you're going to die. In fact, I was reading this past week, the latest statistics tell us that in America, the mortality rate is 100%. Not everybody got that, but it's okay. Everybody in this room is terminal. Everybody in the world is, it's just a matter of time. But you know what? You don't have to be afraid of that. In fact, we can actually be thankful to God because he has shown us his grace. And while we are on this earth, God has a plan for us. And when we leave this earth, if we have trusted in his grace, he's going to take us to heaven. And I am so thankful for that, to get a home in heaven, to get to spend eternity in a perfect place. Now, I've got to answer this question because I'm asked this question quite a bit. Does everybody go to heaven? Absolutely not. If God let sinners into heaven, it wouldn't be heaven anymore. It would be hell. So heaven is only for God's children. How do you become a child of God? Well, by asking in faith to become a part of his family, by trusting his son, Jesus. Jesus is the only way into heaven. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you are saved by simply accepting God's gracious gift of salvation. Once you've accepted that gift, you put your hand in the hand of the man who steals the water. You put your hand in the hand of the man who has the power to take you to heaven. I'm so grateful to God today for the grace that he has shown me. I am thankful this morning and grateful to God for the plan that he has for my life. I am thankful to God this morning for the home that he has prepared for me. I am thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for his calling. And I am thankful for citizenship into heaven. That's my big three. That's what I'm thankful for today. Amen. Thinking, wow, we're going to get to go home early. Well, that's what I'm thankful for. But you know what? All of my sermons have to have a point of application. And so let me just spend a few minutes sharing with you how we apply this and how we flesh this out. I am thankful for those things, but but how do I let God know that? How do I demonstrate my thankfulness? Four ways you can say thanks to God. Number one, you can do it by singing. Psalm 147.7 says, sing to the Lord with what? Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. The Bible says we sing our thanksgiving to God. And you respond by saying, I can't sing. Well, you really don't have to. Because the Bible also says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Even pigs do that when they eat. We can do that. Now, I know some of you are like me and you can't carry a tune in the bucket. But you know what? It doesn't matter. You can still sing for joy to the Lord. I like to tell people I'm a prison singer, always behind a few bars, and I can't ever seem to find the right key. (laughs) But I can sing to the Lord. Where, Where can we sing to God? Well, you can sing to God everywhere. Since God is everywhere, you can sing to God no matter where you are, and he's going to hear you. You can sing your praise to God everywhere. You can do it in your home. You can do it in your office. You can do it in your car. You can do it in the shower. You can sing your praise playing golf or shooting guns or washing dishes or planning a program. You you can sing to God when you put your kids to bed. You can sing to God when you get up in the morning. It doesn't matter where you are. You can sing praises to God. And listen to me. If you don't sing praises to God, if you can't, sing a praise to God, something is wrong with your soul. And you need to search your soul because if you're right with Jesus and you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, there is going to be a song in your heart and it's going to come out of your mouth. Oh, you know what? As I get older, I don't, I don't really care too much what people think about me anymore. And not know Angie, Angie drives Angie crazy. But I was driving my truck across town the other day going to a store, and I was listening to the Christian radio, and one of my, one of my favorite songs came on. And I used this song a couple of weeks ago. I'm just a nobody. I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody all about somebody. Save myself. And so I'm singing that song. I get out of the car. I go into the store. I think it was Walmart. I go in, and all of a sudden, I'm just singing that song. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm looking around, and people are looking at me. And I come to the realization, Chase, I'm actually singing out loud. I thought I was just singing it in my head, but I'm actually singing it out loud. And people are looking at me, you know. And I just let Ron, it, I laughed. I thought that was kind of funny. Here I am turning old, doing something I don't even know I'm doing, and, People are laughing at me. So you know what I do? I just sing it louder. (laughs) Kind of put on a little show for them. Let me tell you, if if you have Jesus in your heart, there is going to be a song on your lips. Do, Do you know that more songs have been written about Jesus Christ than any other single subject in history? And why would that be? Well, it's because he is the only one worthy of our praise. So I can demonstrate to God my thanksgiving by singing to him. Yeah, Miss Angie, that's, we need, people need to sing to the Lord, don't they? Okay? So you know what? 
No, I'm not going to do that. I was going to get some singing police in here on Sunday morning to walk through the crowd and make sure you're... Number two, we can demonstrate our thanksgiving by serving. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. Here's what the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts. When we serve God, it's not some chore, it's not some duty, it's not some obligation, it is a privilege that we are serving the living God. And the motive for serving God, the motive for using the gifts and the abilities and the talents that he has given you is to serve others in the name of the Lord. You know what, if God never did another single thing in your life, you owe him everything. You might say, I worked really hard for what I got. I I worked hard for it. I I got it because of my hard work. I, I would agree with that. But where did you get the ability and the talent to do what you're doing? God. Where'd you get your energy? God. Where'd you get the health that you have to do your work? God. Where'd you get that mind? God gave it to you. The opportunity, God gave it. The freedom to do it, God gave it. Literally, everything you have is a gift from God. So at Thanksgiving, just don't eat the food and watch the football game. Thank God for what he's done in your life. Thank him through singing and thank him through service. Just do something this week, maybe on Thursday, that is totally unselfish. Use the gifts and the abilities and the talents God has given you to help somebody else out in a way that you don't get anything back for it. It's just in gratitude to God that you do it. So we sing with our lips our praise and thanksgiving, but we serve with our lives. The third way I can demonstrate my thanksgiving is through giving. Giving. Here we go. You know what? I love to talk about giving because I like to see the generous smile and the stingy squirm. But you know what? I I prove to God that I love him and give him thanks by giving. How do I know that? Psalm 50, 14. Give an offering to show thanks to God. Give God most high what you have promised. Literally, the Bible says that the level of my giving shows the level of my gratitude. And if I'm not giving, I'm not very grateful. Obviously, thanks and giving go together. And one of the ways we give our thanks is through giving. Why? It's because of what David said in that passage we began with. Lord, everything has come from you. Everything I have belongs to you. So when I'm giving it back to you and your kingdom, I'm just giving you back what you have loaned to me. It all belongs to you. Now, here's what I do every Thanksgiving. I go through this little routine every Thanksgiving, and this is my testimony, so I can share with you what I do. Every Thanksgiving, I do three things. Number one, I review my giving from this past year. I ask myself the question, what does my giving say about me? What statement am I making to God with the weekly gift I give back to him? So I review that. I think about that. I also do the second thing. I I renew my commitment because I know the new year is coming. And so I look back on what I gave to God last year and I just renew my commitment. And I say, God, I just want to remind you that this next year, I again commit to being a tither and more than a tither because tithing is just the, 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 the basic law that is given for every believer. But I want to do more than that because God's blessed me more than that. And so I'm going to renew that commitment to God. And then number three, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to outdo it. Why? Because God's been so good to me. I can't ever give him enough back. You can't outgive God. And so every year I stretch it. 
And I say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better this year. I'm going to give more this year. You know what? I not only do that personally in our own finances with Miss Angie and I, this, that's the way Kavanaugh Church operates. We give more than just the basic. If, if 10% is a tithe, which not only every Christian should do, but every church should do, Kavanaugh goes beyond that. We give 12% of our income to outside causes. And not only that, we give this huge other amount to different needs and missionaries. We gave over $70,000 to foreign missions not long ago. We're about to take up thousands of dollars to help kids who are missionary children and children in Puerto Rico. You, and guys, you can't outgive God. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Pastor, you just don't know really how tough it is. I do know how tough it is. I was in a conversation with some of the staff guys the other day. I, I, I really don't know how some people are going to be able to put a, a full Thanksgiving meal on the table this year. It's gotten crazy. So if you have to eat fried bologna and deviled eggs, you know, that's reality. Isn't it crazy? Thursday, I talked to the prime timers, and, and I did a little griping and complaining because I knew they wouldn't mind <laughs> before I talked about Thanksgiving, being a little cantankerous. I told them, I don't go to the store very often, but when Angie is in a bind, she'll send me to the store. And here's what she does. She writes, writes out exactly what we need with detailed instructions on what it is. She'll even take pictures of what we need, the label, so I don't mess up. And then she keeps her phone handy so that when I get to the store and down an aisle and I can't find it, I can call her and she can direct me. I don't go off into the store for Eddie, but here's what I've noticed over the last couple of years when I do go. Number one, everything is more expensive. Some things have doubled in price in the past three years. That's absolutely insane. The second thing I've noticed is not only does it cost more, but it has shrunk in size. Isn't that crazy? You're not getting as much, and you're having to pay more for it. Miss Joy, there, there are certain protein bars that I like, that I buy all the time. Used to, they come in a box of eight, and they cost a certain amount of money. Now they're almost double, and there's only six in there. And they're smaller. Do they think we're idiots? I mean, and one more gripe, because it's just, it just infuriates me. My, my favorite thing to eat, and I know this is bad, I love Fritos. I mean, it, it takes me back to when I was a kid. Anybody my age out there? I am the Frito Bendito. I love Frito Corn Chips. I do, I do. I love Frito Corn Chips. I take them from you. Y'all remember that? Okay, now, I'm only related to a certain amount of people in here, but do y'all remember the Frito Bendito erasers? that you could get. Anybody, Eric, you remember? Anybody else remember? Yes, but anybody? Who had a Frito Bandito eraser? I would pay good money for one right now. I loved those. Here's what aggravates the fire out of me. The bag of Frito chips is not much bigger than just a little single bag of chips that you used to buy. Isn't that crazy? So it costs more, it has shrunk in size, and the third thing I've noticed is you can't buy everything on your list at one store because they just don't have it in stock. And so you have to make multiple stops just to get everything. It is crazy. I know what you're thinking. Preacher, you're talking to me about outdoing what I did last year and giving to God. And look at the economy. Look at our finances. How can I do that? Well, let me just big picture don't cut off the arm that feeds you. It is God who gives to us. It's God who takes care of us. I've said this all my life. I don't care if anybody else gets their money. I don't care if my mortgage company gets their money. I don't care if the bank gets their money for my car payment. I don't care if the electric company gets their money. I don't care if anybody else gets their money, but God's going to get his first. Because my giving shows the gratitude that I have for him. Now, what do I base all of this on? Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 10. It says, celebrate the harvest festival to honor the Lord. 
your God by bringing him a free will offering in proportion to the blessing that he has given to you. So why I do what I do at Thanksgiving, and that is review, renew, and outdo, is based on this particular passage of Scripture. Here is a biblical principle. 350 years ago, the pilgrims set aside a day they called Thanksgiving in the fall to give thanks to God. But 3,000 years before that, God established a Thanksgiving festival that he called the Feast of Weeks, where his people were to bring him an offering of thanksgiving. So you know what? When I go through Thanksgiving, I I think of that, my Thanksgiving offering. And I want to challenge you to give an offering of gratitude to God this Thanksgiving, a gift that is above and beyond what you normally give, just a gift of thanksgiving. Say, Lord, thank you for everything. I'm going to give this back. It it might just be a a gift to adopt a missionary kid. It It could be a gift to one of the ministries of our church. But you just give a gift and say, thank you, God. We give thanks by singing, by serving, by giving. And then finally, number four, we give thanks by telling We tell other people. Every time you tell somebody the good news, you know what you're doing? You're thanking God. Isaiah 12, 4 says, thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the world of his wondrous love and how mighty he is. Guys, we've got the greatest news in the world. And the good news, the good news keeps getting better and better because the news of the world keeps getting worse and worse. This is better than the cure for cancer. Why? Because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs what we know. And if we don't tell them, who is going to tell them? If you don't tell your story, if you don't share your faith, it's not going to get shared. And the world is at a loss because of that. So this Thanksgiving, find somebody who you can share your faith with. There's going to be people at your house or you're going to be at somebody else's house. Somebody maybe in your own family that is lost. They're without Christ. They're without hope. Open your mouth and give thanks to God by telling them about Jesus. What was the last song we sang in here? What was it? Come on. Miracle power. How many of y'all believe in miracle power? I believe there is miracle working power in the power of praising God and giving thanks to Him. Why do I know that? Well, because the Bible tells me. I'm going to end my sermon, really, I'm going to end my sermon, okay, with a story from Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were thrown in prison in Philippi. The reason they were thrown in prison, simply because they were telling people the good news of Jesus. It got them in trouble. They were thrown into this dark, dank dungeon of a jail in the middle of the night at midnight, They're chained. The prison doors are closed. You know what these guys start doing? They started griping and complaining and being cantankerous because of the size of Frito bags. (laughs) They started complaining because they were arrested and thrown into prison just for telling people about Jesus. No. Here's what they did. They started praising God. In fact, at the midnight hour, they started singing their praise to the Lord. And you know what happened? God sent an earthquake. The earthquake was so powerful that it rattled the jail doors open and unshackled them from their chains. This was the original jailhouse rock. And the jailer wakes up and he's afraid because he thinks all the prisoners have escaped and he's about to kill himself. And Paul says, don't do it. We're all still here. And he said, you're still here. What kind of people are you? (laughs) To which Paul said, we're followers of Jesus. And so here's what happens. Long story short, the jailer takes Paul and Silas to his own home. He feeds them. He cleans their wounds. He bandages them. And during all of this, Paul is telling them about Jesus. 
And the jailer and his family are saved that night, and they're all baptized. Wow. Listen to me. The prison doors were unlocked when they started singing praise to God. The prison doors were unlocked when they started giving thanks to God. Apparently not not all of you have gotten this yet, so let me say it again. The prison doors opened when they sang their praise to God. So what prison are you in this morning? An emotional prison, a financial prison, a relationship prison. Maybe you're locked up with guilt or locked up with worry. Maybe you're locked up today with discouragement and disappointment. Maybe you're locked up in a habit that you can't seem to break free from. Maybe you're locked up in bitterness over something somebody did to you a long time ago that hurt you and you can't forget it or forgive them and the bitterness is killing you. Maybe you're locked up in a conflict. Guys, whatever it is, whatever prison you're in this morning, just start thanking God. Start praising God. Start singing your praise to Him and watch those doors open wide and those shackles fall off. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would do that today. I pray that we would come this morning and lay our lives on the altar and give you praise, honor, and glory for who you are and for what you've done. Lord, we're so thankful today for the cross. We're thankful for the calling that you've placed on our life. We're thankful for citizenship in heaven and a ticket to heaven. Dear Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for the home you have prepared. And I pray this morning that we would come and bring our gratitude to you and start singing praises to you and watch those prison doors open and let us walk out of this building set free by the blood and mercy and love of Jesus. Lord, help us to be like one, the one, the one leper who came back and said, thank you, Lord. Help us to give you our praise today. And I pray, dear Lord, that as we leave this place, that we would go singing your praise, serving in your name, giving, and telling other people about you. Lord, meet the needs of those in this room right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. May there be miracle working power on display this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. And just step out and come right now. Right now is the time to come and give praise to God, thanking Him, singing praises to His name, and watch those prison doors open in your life. As they sing, come on, come give praise today.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the calling you've placed on our lives. Thank you for citizenship in heaven. And I pray that we would leave this place, and especially this week, and in particular on Thursday, that we would demonstrate our thanksgiving by singing, serving, giving, and telling others about Jesus. Lord, set us free from the chains that are holding us back by simply praising your name and saying, thank you, Lord. I do thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me and loving me. Thank you for my church family. And I pray a blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated just for a moment. Amen. We do serve a great God. Amen. Amen. If you're a member of Cavanaugh Church, make sure you drop your offering off in one of those black boxes when you walk out. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those Connect cards and take it to the Connect counter. We do have a gift for you. Listen, everybody, listen. This, this week, no Wednesday night church. We're moving it from Wednesday to Tuesday night, and it's our special Thanksgiving communion service. I told the first service, it, it's only 35-minute service, and then some of them perked up. They're, I think they're going to come just to see if we can be done in 35 minutes. But we're just going to take the Lord's Supper. It's a, it's a wonderful Thanksgiving communion service, and I invite you to attend. Everybody, the whole family is going to be in here uh, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, out in the lobby, you can buy a turkey for this Thursday. Turkey tickets are only $50. They will smoke you a turkey, and you can pick it up uh, either Monday or Tuesday. They'll tell you that. There are only, I think Johnny told me, only 15 turkeys left. So if you want one, don't knock anybody over as you're running back there, but make sure you get one. Also, there's a beautiful quilt back there, and they're selling tickets for that quilt as a raffle for $10. Both, both of those are fundraisers for our next Puerto Rico trip, which will be in, in February. Uh, we got another group going to minister to the kids in the school there, and so all the proceeds go to that Puerto Rico trip. Also, we're doing Give to Adopt a Missionary Kid. Uh, we've, we've done this the last three years. This year, we have adopted 36 home missionary children. So these are our home missionaries in North America who have left their families and they're out in Timbuktu starting churches. Many of them don't even get to go home for Christmas. And so we're going to help with their children. 36 of them we're going to provide a great Christmas for, along with 45 children from our, our school in Puerto Rico. And so you give to adopt a missionary kid, and we're going to give them a fantastic, wonderful Christmas. I hope that you have a great week, that you are thankful, and eat all the turkey or fried bologna that you can stick in your mouth. God bless you. Have a good week. We'll see you Tuesday night.